Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. America's quintessential iconoclastic anomaly. Wow. In talk radio, your host, Joe Cristiano. Welcome, everyone, to Liberty Talk Radio, America's libertarian voice, broadcasting from our studio in Tulsa, Oklahoma, to around the world. I'm your host, Joe Cristiano, and this is your antidote to popular talk radio. Folks, it's time for us to take back control of our government. Now, before this bureaucratic, oversized, and self serving federal government, starves us of our property, our freedom, our rights, our liberty. But to do this, we must shed conventional thinking regarding our political structure. We need to be revolutionaries in thought, dissidents in action, only after we recognize what our government is doing to our freedom and our Constitution will we start taking it back. And this program is just about that. Today, we're pleased and honored to have as a returning guest, Mr. Scott Faulkner, the author of the critically acclaimed bestseller, Naked Emperors, The Failure of the Republican Revolution. He advises numerous corporations on strategic change in leadership, including the American Management Association and even the World Bank. He also works with government and corporations in emerging market countries. Uh, He appears on Bloomberg, CBS, all the major um, stations, as well as uh, various uh, talk shows programs similar to Liberty Talk Radio. Today we will be discussing the Republicans in disarray, and I'm disarray as being very <laughs> kind, by the way, uh, disarray, while the Democrats attack, and I don't think they really understand what they're attacking because they don't know what they're doing either. Anyway, so call us with your questions or comments. Uh, we had phone line problems. We got them all fixed. 646-652-4620. That's 646 656-652-4620. Call in with your questions or comments. When you call in, press the one button so we know you want to break in and become part of our program. Scott, welcome back to Liberty Talk Radio. It's always a pleasure, Joe. Thank you so much. It's I, I love having you on the show. I really enjoy bantering with you. You know, I, I've always been uncomfortable when there was a change uh, in leadership in our country. Um, I never knew where it was going. Um, but it never frightened me. You know, I, I'm usually disappointed, you know, and just saying, well, why don't they get their act together? And I have to get that out of my mind that they're there for selfish reasons. They're not there for us. They're there for them. And it's just something very difficult to swallow because you don't want to believe that. Uh-huh. Not only am I a believer in that now, but that, that they're in for themselves, but this is the first time that I'm truly concerned about our country. We have so many problems going on, 
and everything we do, we do appears to exasperate the problems that we, the situation that we're in and the problems that we have. And it seems like we're literally the train has stopped and is rolling downhill in reverse with, with everyone on the train in total disarray, trying to grab that piece of the pie before the whole situation gets totally before the plane, the train goes off the, off the cliff. <laughs> it, it, am I just paranoid? Am I just losing it all? Or is, is there some reason why I should feel this way? There's quite a few reasons. You ought to, if you have not, you, you visualized one of the great scenes out of Breakheart Pass with Charles Bronson in the 1960s, ah. where all the, all the military people are in the car and it's rolling back off the cliff. Uh, and that's really where we're at. It's, there is absolutely nothing going right in Washington right now. Oh, so I wasn't too far off. I mean, I, I thought I was losing my mind, you know. I, uh, well, I, I'd like to read. You, you You talk about rhino gators, and I love yeah, that, yeah. rhino gators, you know. And, of course, you know, they, they had these um, uh, movies on television, you know, about um, uh, uh, animals like shark, shark gators and stuff like that. It's yeah, right. yeah. shark week right now. Yeah, shark <laughs> week and have all these. And then one is dumber than the other, you know. But, but so when I saw rhino gator, I thought of these silly, you know, programs on TV. But you say rhino gator is a subspecies. And I love the word subspecies because I think these people are subhuman, by the way, um, <laughs> of fake Republicans, as in Republican in name only. That lives in the swamp of our nation's capital. The swamp is in its natural habitat, filled with conflicts of interest, insensuous relationships, avoidance of accountability, hiding documents and information from the public, waste, fraud and abuse. Rhino gators role in life is to expand the swamp and to destroy anyone who tries to drain it. Any reduction in the swamp reduces their numbers and threatens the species. Rhino gators eat tax dollars. I love that. Eat tax dollars, you know, like the, the zombies, you know. Eat tax dollars and absorb energy from reform-minded humans. They have insatiable appetites and are never full. There is always more meal to eat. I, I just love that. I mean, I can go on and Thank on, you. but I think you get the point. I, the, the listeners get the point. Um, tell us more about that. Give us an interpretation of that. Well, Rhino has been around for decades, Republican right. in name only. We, in, when we, in the past, we even just say they're good for organizational purposes. But otherwise, a lot of Republicans in town, and really it's not just in Washington, it's at every level, there's a lot of people who are just out for themselves. It's a flag of convenience, the same way, uh, you know, you go on a cruise ship and it's Panamanian or Liberian flag, uh, the same thing here. It's a flag of convenience because it's the district that's more Republican or whatever. The other part of it is uh, everyone talks about draining the swamp. What lives in swamps? Gators. And so when you start to think about a, an establishment Republican who is only a Republican in name only, who is wedded to Washington, who only wants to line their own pockets and those of their colleagues in Washington. They only want Washington to expand no matter what their rhetoric, no matter what their direct mail pieces say, all, that's all they want to do. They are a rhino gator. They, are, they love the swamp. They want to expand the swamp. And they, are do, and they are, do everything possible to stop anybody from ever touching them. That's 
That's what happened to me when I was reforming the Congress in the, in the mid-90s. I've seen it happen to others. What's happening in these, since the election of last year is, is an abomination on every front because what members there are that really want to ch make changes are being ignored at best, savaged most of the time. Uh, the Trump administration is in disarray in part because a lot of rhino gators got on the inside early on and are devouring uh, the souls of a lot of people right now. You know, I, I heard uh, on a radio program, a talk show host, um, Howard, it was Howard Stern. Her, Howard, actually, Howard Stern said this. He said, you know, when you have a, a Republican president, he said, always listen to MSNBC because they'll analyze everything he does. And they'll tell a lot of the truth because they want to, you know, just they want to expose mm -hmm. him for what he's doing. He said, when you have a Democrat president, he said, listen to Fox News. And mm -hmm. I thought that was a very astute observation. And I quite frankly agree. I never for the past. I can't tell you how long I since George Bush has been was in office. Never listened to MSNBC. Couldn't stomach them. Now, if I want to know, get a glimpse of what's going on. In Washington, I'll watch MSNBC. Fox News says nothing. I mean, we could be at world war with Russia. Fox would say nothing about it whatsoever. I would have to agree that they are that they tend to be very vapid and boosterish, and it's it's disappointing because they uh, they they were so good at holding Obama accountable, and right. now you go you turn on their morning shows and. They want to sh show you the latest barbecue recipe. I mean, the insipid <laughs> aspect has gone off the charts. Uh, and so you have to switch over to CNN and MSNBC. And, and actually, BBC World Service, they do a very good job as well. And thankfully, uh, there's the Internet. I mean, I, I do drudge on my cell phone and on the web several times a day as they refresh because they come up with a lot of things that go below the fold in terms of news. There's a lot of stuff happening out there that the major networks, all three of them, are not covering. I mean, you've got a major uh, confrontation between India and uh, China over Bhutan. You've got uh, these crazy North Korean subs popping up in places in the last 24 hours. These things you just don't see anywhere. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is that I watch Russia television when mm -hmm. I get an opportunity. And do you know how many times I've said, oh, He's been on my program. He's been on my show. But these people were at one time on mainstream television. No longer. And we're talking about billionaires, uh, financial people. Uh, mm -hmm. They're all on Russian television. And they're all telling, from my perspective, pretty clearly the truth of what's going on. Max Kaiser has a program on there, for example. You know? mm -hmm. uh, you'll see uh, uh, Peter Schiff on that program. Uh, and I can go on if, if, if my memory gets better. I can go on forever. But um, but you will never see these people again on on uh, recently on mainstream television. Not at all, because they don't want it. Because it, what bothers me is that if you watch Fox, they're talking about he said, she said internally, yeah. right? You turn on Russia television or BBC or whatever, and they're talking about. The U.S. shelling a, a city in um, Yemen or in Syria. I mean, to me, that's a lot more newsworthy than what 
two politicians are discussing and debating each other on. But they, you never hear that. So people are under the impression that we're not at war. We're the peacekeepers, and we're trying to resolve our, our house I- internally so we can become more productive. And nothing could be further from the truth. The main issue with the media in Washington is that there, it, it's almost like a spillover of a cocktail party. Everyone's gossiping about each other in the room, and that's really – that's not real news. It is so inside baseball. It is so microscopic. It has nothing to do with anything. I mean, who's up, who's down on the West Wing, who's leaked today, who's been caught doing X and Y. Uh, it's, it's tabloid journalism. I mean, you might as well watch Entertainment Tonight and see which star got eloped or divorced. Yeah. It's almost that trite. And you're right. When you start to go out to the broader world of the media, especially the foreign media, where America is really not even covered sometimes, it's a, except as it relates to the world, and, but anything internal, it's not even covered. It's very refreshing because all of a sudden you realize there are 200 countries out there. There's a lot of things happening. And again, everybody's fixated on Russia, but China is completely redrawing the map of the world. Right. And we're doing really, and we have nothing to counter it right now. Yeah. You know, I, I saw a statistic where the um, 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 the uh, number of millennials, if you will, and I, I hate that term for some reason, but people who were born in that at, during that time um, uh-huh. um, have have a uh, fewer percent of millennials are able to buy houses in America than than in 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 China. And a few other countries, and I, I forgot the yeah. other countries, but China was was one, and um, and yet we think of, of ourselves as the booming economy, you know, as the major economy, and we're really not anymore. If if it wasn't for and and you know, Professor Lawrence Kutlikoff from the University of Boston, he talks about the debt all the time, and he says we're he says if you take our entire debt, including uh-huh. the unfunded debt and all the unreconciled item. Can you imagine filing your taxes and saying, well, I don't know anything because I have some unreconciled accounts <laughs> here. I'll let you know when I reconcile them and I'll pay my tax on them. You'd be in jail in five minutes, right? But we have exactly. unreconciled items to the trillions of dollars. If you include all of those, he estimates that our debt, long-term, what we call unfunded long-term debt, yeah. right? And, this, and current years debt to be $223 trillion. We're broke. We're finished. Oh, yeah. And then, and then we, we increase the military budget. We approve a military budget. I think it was um, – oh, someone's got to correct me – $566 trillion. And then it goes to, um, to, to Congress, and they boost it by another $30 trillion. What are these clowns thinking of? Well, they want the press release that says we are supporting our military by giving them more money. The problem is, is that – there's literally tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars of waste in the military. The Defense Department wastes money probably faster than even some domestic agencies in Washington. And there are tons of IG reports, GAO, government accountability reports that, that document this. And the Republicans who are supposed to be pro-military, you know, they don't want to touch it because it's a sacred cow. But when you have weapons programs that are for weapons that either are obsolete before they're made or are not really useful in this current scenarios of where we're going to 
deploy our military when you're giving literally uh, bonuses to non-performing contractors of the of the tens and hundreds of millions of dollars there's something wrong so writing a bigger check make might make you feel good might be a nice direct mail piece to your constituents but it really is not managing public funds and it is not and really waste gets in the way of the effective parts of the military you know and it convolutes every single conversation or or debate and i'll take a simple Mm -hmm. one women in the military there was a debate about women in the military when people ask me i say Oh, sure. I want all the women in the military. And in fact, I want all the children in the military out of diapers. And people go, you're a warmonger. I said, no, I'm not. I don't want any war at all. They said, well, you want everyone? I said, no, because we are not supposed to be in foreign lands. If we are totally innocent and someone attacks us, everyone gets a gun. Everyone rides in a tank. Mm-hmm. Everyone. I mean, if the kid can pull a trigger, I don't care how small he is, he's in the military. But you, you see how we... We change the dialogue by, by changing the circumstances um, by saying we're the world's, uh, uh, world's uh, policemen, so we have to have all these people around. So since we have to be in other countries, we should allow women also train them to kill innocent people as well. So we, we seem to convolute and corrupt everything that we do that's, that can be redefined like I just did with the military, putting everyone in the military, but not giving them a uniform. What's your response to that? Well, I mean, you have, uh, of course, places like Switzerland and Israel, you, you have everybody has a gun at home yeah. and are, are basically considered militia. So it, there are precedents in the world. Yeah. But I think getting back to the main issue you're mentioning about uh, U.S. interventionism, one of, the, one of the things that one can point positive since the election is we are getting out of the nation-building business which to me was always one of the most insanely arrogant and insanely stupid things that the Bush people put in and Obama continued. And that is that every country is unique. And the Reagan model was America is this city on the hill, this beacon of hope. We can inspire people to do things within their culture, within their uh, country. We don't have to do it for them because they are different. The Bush people, the neocons around Bush and then slopping into the Obama years, we went in and say, well, we know what's best for you, and we don't. And we've messed up an awful lot of countries as a result. Well, you know, see that I made the same mistake when I married my wife, you know, and I said, I'm going to change her. I'm going to make a better person. And now today when she says, throw out the garbage, you know what I do? I throw out the garbage, all right? Now we have someone on the line, right? Line, line one? Uh, line one, what area code? Hello? Uh, Eric, Hello? 732, you're on the air. Your question or comment. Hi, Joe, you. can you hear me? Yes, I sure can. Thank you. This is Joe from Tom's River. How are you doing, Joe? Fine, fine. How are you? Very good. Um, nice hearing from you. Yep, very good. Uh, I want to ask the same question that I asked to Andy Sutton to your guest today, which is, how do we wake up the masses of people who are just watching this mainstream media people? And I didn't mean to get off topic, but I just wanted to go back what you were talking to before. How do we wake up the mass of the people who are watching Fox, NBC, CNN, and actually believing what these people are telling them when, when the PRs who are awake know that it's just a bunch of bullcrap? How do we wake right. the people up? 
Well, I'd like to redefine your question. Say, how do we wake up the zombies? Um, yes. Not, <laughs> what do you say about that? Well, it shows like this, the, as they would used to call the alternative media, whether it's blogs and online columns, whether it's shows like this, whether it's the other kinds of talk radio like Rush Limbaugh and you know, Chris Plant and people like that, that people need to listen to these things. Unfortunately, people tune out. They would rather worry about what the Cardassians are doing. They would rather uh, figure out what the new song is or who's up and down on The Bachelor or something. And so, unfortunately, Rush Limbaugh calls them low-information voters. Hmm. We have a, a fundamental breakdown of our civic culture. We don't touch, teach civics anymore. We very rarely teach uh, geography. We very rarely teach uh, history and uh, in any way, shape, or manner, at least one, one that where facts are done as opposed to some political correctness uh, rhetoric. And so you're, you've got an entire pipeline of people coming out who are ill-informed and non-motivated or unmotivated to do anything. And so uh, any one of us, if you go to a local uh, county commission meeting or city council meeting, uh, how, unless it's a really highly charged issue, how many people are usually in the room? Maybe you can count them on one or two hands. Right. So right. the engagement of the public. At all, at all levels, ripples into or rolls up into a, a national uh, stupor, basically. And that's, it's not going to change overnight, but we have to, you know, any parent listening, get your children interested, you know, like the map behind you, Joe, now put a map up in their house so kids can go up and say, what's that? Or why, why <laughs> you know, just, just, just to start to understand that we live in a world. Yeah, they'll probably say, geez, I, I always thought the world was flat. There, proves it. There's, a, there's the map, you know. I, I, you know, I, the, the whole school system situation is, is unfortunate because most of the people that I know have been very successful, have started businesses from a young age, who have become entrepreneurs and are today millionaires. You know what? There's one thing they had in common. They all dropped out of school when they were young. Yeah. They all did. Most of them didn't have even a high school education, and they're bright, they're sharp, they're not restricted in any way, shape, or form. They're not zombies. People who come out of our school, we are we are resorting. And Joe, I think you agree with this. You know, they they come out and they we we give we we produce zombies. So we just repeat. Um, Waters the other day, I saw him on television. He was on um, he was interviewing students and asking them simple, basic questions, things that. You think a five, a fifth grader would know? No college-educated kid could answer any of the questions. Simple scary. questions, unbelievable. Yeah, you know, very scary. So I, I don't know what the end game is. Joe, what's what's going to be the end game, Joe? I'll put you, put, put, I'll put you on the spot. I don't know, but when when we're supposed to be teaching our children to education, and the education system is set up to create zombies. I think the end game is uh, we got a lot of problems ahead of us, and it's going to take a lot of work from the people who are awake to try to combat that. Oh, it gets back again to parenting. Parents have to. I mean, I was my, both my parents are past now, and but I was blessed to have them both as, as inspirations and mentors through most of my life, and that's the key. I mean, you can for a parent today to say, "Well, I send my kid off to school." shouldn't delegate raising an adult to bureaucrats. You should do it yourself. 
much as possible. Homeschooling movement is getting better all the yeah. time, more sophisticated all the time, but it takes a lot of commitment of parents to take the time to teach their children the things that they need to know, which is not just practical skills and awareness to be a viable human being and, more importantly, a responsible citizen. But hmm. doesn't the government convolute every decision we make? Yes, you can homeschool your children, but you're still going to pay school taxes through your usually through your property taxes you pay for the schools whether you, your children whether you have children or not whether your children if you have children whether they go there or not then you have to pay for homeschooling uh, so you're paying double in other words the government convolutes and and uh, uh, corrupts uh, the decision making process for everything that we do because they want nothing but zombies, Joe. That's why. They want zombies walking around. Half the people on welfare fighting the other people who are, who are awake. It's divide and conquer. <laughs> I want a zombie with blonde hair about five foot. <laughs> Sally, I'm sorry. You're, a little, uh, you're, you're, you're about 40 years too old. Anyway, but, uh, but you know, I, 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 you know, give me that zombie. I'll be a happy camper. I won't complain again. The government's wonderful. Then the government's wonderful. But beyond that, I, past that, I can't see any. And there's not one program that we can pick out that we can say, well, as a result of government, we are better off. Not one. And yet no one talks about our failures. We all talk about this great success and how much better we're going to be off if only the other guy gets into office. Well, this is a big issue that is driving a lot of us real conservatives and real Americans uh, nuts is that if you're going to have a real revolution, time is your enemy. You, if you're going to make changes, you make them quick and fast and, and early. And you have now, you know, the Republicans said, give us everything and everything will be changed. The Republicans have the House. Republicans have the Senate. Republicans have the White House. Thanks to, um, uh, to Gorsuch, we now have the Supreme Court. We have every branch of government is a Republican-dominated branch. And have you seen anything out of DeVos and the Secretary of Interior uh, of, of Education uh, talking about vouchers or scaling back uh, uh, the unions or giving parents more power? No, she, even though she was for that in Michigan, and yet she, now she's a cabinet secretary where she can really do something, we haven't heard a peep out of her. Because it's all talk. I mean, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but Trump, he brought in, he wanted to drain the swamp. He brought in all these Goldman Sachs people. He, he's just bringing in more of the swamp. He's filling the swamp, not draining it. It's all talk. It's all rhetoric. It's a bunch of bull. <laughs> but, the, uh, but, but that's the problem, is that you've got, uh, that we, that the Republican Party as defined, is, uh, has got everything they asked for, and they've given nothing back. I mean, there is no single decent legislative accomplishment, except for getting Gorsuch through in the, in the Senate. There's nothing that, and the House just went on recess. I mean, they're gone till Labor Day, and they haven't <laughs> even put forth a budget resolution. They haven't even, I mean, there's 11 appropriation bills. They've only, they've only introduced five, and not, and not even them have had any hearings. So, I mean, the basic reason Congress exists is to appropriate money and to monitor that the spending of that money. They're doing none of that, and yet they're taking a five-week break. Now, we have, uh, we have uh, the, the debt ceiling, which we exceeded, and mm-hmm. it keeps on increasing. Um, they're not going to touch that 
until sometime in September. Is that am I correct? Right. Right. You you can jiggle the figures, and it's supposed to be a clean uh, ceiling, which means they're not going to try to put any riders on it. But again, we should not be talking about increasing the debt ceiling. We should be talking about lowering the debt. Right. Right. And and why don't they do that? Why why don't why don't the major major uh, news broadcast so talk about this. Say, hey, folks, we have a problem, and we need to fix it, and put the pressure on Washington to do the right thing, rather than being cheerleaders for them. Because they won't talk about it because they're, they're, they get their money from the pharmaceutical companies and the banks and all their advertisers who actually own all the media. They're all criminals, Joe. They're all criminals. The very criminals that we complain about are the ones who own the media. They're never going to tell us about it. I, I agree. I'm asking, uh, but uh, Joe, just hold on a second. Just um, take an aspirin or something like that. I'm asking my guest. <laughs> All right, I gotta go anyway, Joe. I'll listen on the other side. Thanks for taking my call. A million. Okay. <laughs> you know, I love enthusiastic guests. You know, I'm sorry. I apologize at the same time. You know. So, except a few isolated places, and that means even local journalists. There are the the era true investigative journalism is pretty much over, which is very sad because it takes real work to do real stories. It takes real work to expose issues. It's very easy to just re, um, relay gossip and say, I heard this and Joe told me this and Fred told me this and Sally told me that. Um, that's how they do it. I mean, it's, it's almost like uh, they're all sportscasters. They're just doing play-by-play of, of a game that they're watching. They're not really analyzing why one team is winning or the other team is losing. Yeah. Well, we've come to the point in our broadcast where we have to ask, how do we solve this problem? It looks like we're not going to solve the problem. If we don't solve this overall malaise that we're in, we don't solve the situation that we're in, we don't prove it, it's obviously going to result in in a change in our society, uh, all of the economic indices that are uh, uh, developed by the Cato Institute, uh, by all these think tanks mm-hmm. around the world, show the United States there's a personal business, a personal economic index, um, uh, freedom oh. index, all these indexes. The United States every year drops one or two points. Uh, in fact, in the business economic index of the 31 top industrial nations, we now rank, listen to this, 28. I mean, how bad could you get? And yet we keep on sinking. So if we don't rush to change this, we are going to have some sort of cataclysmic eruption of some sort, some sort of financial one, monetary Something's mm-hmm. got to give, and my concern is that we will uh, sort of camouflage it by going to war and say, well, you know, we're at war. We can't think about that now. What do you say about that? Well, part of the issue is is that we are uh, – that these economic statistics, I mean, some of them are, uh, are pretty bogus. I mean, when everyone talks about unemployment and people going on unemployment, if you are a consultant – you cannot go on unemployment. So a person who is not a full-time employee and gets laid off, uh, they can't get unemployment. So they're, so the, the unemployment numbers are funny and right. 
and are not and are way below what they really are. But what you're saying about how does one um, try to reverse this slide where we are becoming more and more of a statist economy, we're becoming more government intervention all the time. When you look at the fact that Trump was promising scaling back on regulations and the stock market has been booming. I mean, it's been fantastic since the election, but it's all based on expectations, based on rolling back regulations. It was based on infrastructure. It was based on, more importantly, tax reform. And now that tax reform keeps being pushed further and further into the future. At some point, investors are going to wake up and say some of the stuff, if not all of it, isn't, is never going to happen and they're going to start to cash out and we're going to have a real problem in, with our economy if that happens. Yeah. Well, yes, Sally, you have something? Scott, I have a thought. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for my mic to come on. Okay, if, it's on. If we, uh, let's say all of us, Republicans, Democrats, Independents, everybody, Libertarians, mm-hmm. what if we all really, truly voted for term limits? And we limited everybody in government. Do you think this would maybe solve a lot of these problems? They they spend a sense spend some they seem to spend so much time on reelection. Let's say we just took that out of their options. Would we get more attention out here in the rest of the world? I would I break with a lot of conservatives on this. I'm not for term limits for, for several reasons. The first one is I have seen people who have been in the Congress for up to 30 years and are, they are still true to themselves. I've seen freshmen fall off the wagon during orientation. Okay. So, so, so once power is dangled in front of them, the weaker of the bunch succumb sometimes within days, weeks of even before being sworn in. So it isn't, it's about moral character in that case, not about longevity. The other piece of the puzzle is it's all about the money. And most people don't realize that a member of Congress, Republican and Democrat, guess what they spend three to four hours each day doing? They go to their respective party headquarters, put on a set of headphones, sit in a cubicle and in a call center, raise funds. That's all they do. Three to four hours a day when they're in Washington, that's what they do. And so, and they do it for themselves. If they're, if they're a safe incumbent, they, they raise money to put into a, a war chest for the more vulnerable incumbents. So money has polluted the whole system. When you look at, at England, England, when they call an election, each party is given a, a big check, same amount, and said, and and a and certain amount of airtime on on the BBC, and say, have at it, and may the best people win. England has never gone belly up as a result of that. Why can't we do the same thing in America? Because it is the money that has polluted everything. You know, it it seems that the likes of Russia and China are moving a little bit more toward a free market system or I say free, whatever that means, but mm-hmm. to a market system and the United States States seems to be going more towards a, um, a uh, socialistic fascist. I don't know how you want to define it. Do you know, Status. but you know, status system mm-hmm. and, uh, eventually one's going to pass these boats are going to pass each other in the night mm-hmm. and, 
uh, we're not going to be the free country anymore. There's going to be other places that are a lot more. In fact, there are people, places that are a lot more free than the United States, but we will not admit it to ourselves. Yeah, that is, I mean, the China model is a good example. It's probably faster in China right now than in the United States. And the Chinese have made their deal with the devil. They can become very wealthy. They can have every luxury good under the sun. They can have some of the most beautiful cities and most high-tech uh, lifestyles, just that no more than three people can stand on a street corner and talk. <laughs> so they've given up their right of free expression in exchange for uh, a very lavish lifestyle. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of people in America would probably be willing to give, to trade it off that way as well, which is pretty scary. Yeah. I spoke with a fellow I was walking my dog yesterday on the, on Riverside and um, I took a break and I met a young man who uh, actually works in China and um, uh, not Beijing. What's the other major city in China? Beijing, um, I can't remember the city. Anyway, he actually teaches English there. You know, he's been there for several years. Had fascinating conversation about the restrictions that they have that we can't even identify with. But there is, you're right, there, there, there have happened still. And the haves have a heck of a lot. And the have-nots have absolutely nothing, you know. But they're, they're moving towards a more free society. But it's a very, very, very slow process. Um, I, I wonder what's going to happen to the American currency when, um, when someone says, no, thank you, I wish not to buy your bonds so you can create more currency. When that day comes, and it's going to come, it always, there's always that come to Jesus meeting, basically. And when that day comes... You know, and someone says, mm, thanks, but no thanks. You, you keep your bonds, you know, uh, uh, and I'll keep my home currency. And then the United States cannot finance themselves, uh, get, finance their debt any longer. And they have to create currency out of thin air by, through the Federal Reserve, in, which creates hyperinflation. Is that unrealistic? I mean, I, I can't see people just continuing to finance Someone who's broke. We lost them? Hello? Uh-oh. Folks, I think we just lost our guest. We're, we're dialing in as I speak. We have about another 10 minutes to go, so don't go away. Uh, while we're waiting, we can have Sally sing. You don't want to sing, do you, Sally? You don't want me to sing. Uh, we, she, doesn't want, she doesn't want you to hear her sing, okay? Yeah. I'll be, I'll be nice about it. Gong show. We'll but we have back. Scott Faulkner on the air. Yeah, we have Scott Faulkner as our guest, and he is the author of the critically acclaimed bestseller, Naked Emperors, The Failure of the Republican Revolution. And that's what we're talking about. It's not only a failure of the Republican Revolution, but it's a failure of the, of the entire political system. It just happens that the Republicans are in office now, and as a result, things aren't getting any better. Things are getting worse, and quite frankly, uh, I was a fan of Donald Trump. He, I, I have converted from being a fan to being someone who he scares me because every time he says something or he elects somebody to office, this guy is fantastic. He's brilliant. He's wonderful. He's integrity. And two days later, he fires him. I mean, uh, it's, it's, I, I mean, this guy is like a uh, 
something wrong with his brain where it functions one day and it, it stops functioning the next day. I, I can't figure him out. I mean, Trump really scares me. As an administrator, he scares me. He is so inconsistent, and he says things that are incoherent. I mean, they sound good, but they don't make any sense. And uh, um, You know, Joe, uh, Scott Faulkner, our guest, if we get him back here, was on the transitional team for Reagan. And I'm just wondering if when he was doing that, if it was as confusing as what it's been for Trump, because we're still seems to be in transition on so many things. I I remember the Reagan years. Reagan made sense. In fact, uh, I I recall a a, a legitimate... (laughs) (laughs) That's right, because Scott was part of that. But Mm -hmm. I found a a legitimate uh, feeling within people themselves. Um, I remember I went to... um, uh, to the Tulsa run. I used to run the Tulsa run every year since 1978, but I can't yeah. anymore because I got a bad knee and a bad, bad hip, knee. you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, 74, would you believe it? I'm having a bad hip. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I ran the Tulsa run for several years, 20 years in a row. And um, I remember when Reagan was uh, elected president, they had the um, National Guard marching, you know, they also ran. The National Guard ran, that ran it. And when the National Guard came, everyone broke out in applause. I mean, everyone felt good about America. They exactly. literally felt good about America. People don't feel good that. about America with Trump. They say it, but they don't feel it. And there's such a difference. I think it's more, or, or this is how I think, Joe. I, I think, I, I feel like Trump is kind of our last hope here. Where my faith is faltering is with our entire government. I see them just blocking anything that he wants to do. And I think if he was allowed to do more, All right, we'd be a little this. better off. How often have you heard Trump use the word free market? Mm. I can tell you. I can tell you the answer. Okay. okay. All right. Tell me. Big fat zero. What? Yeah. Big <laughs> fat zero. And you think being, well, being, being a capitalist, being in business for yourself, he would be saying, hey, that's, that's contrary to the free market system. Never once, and he always has a government program to fix everything. To me, he's as much communist as Putin is. But what about he has built an empire in the free market? That's, would he that's not my point. That? That's my point. Well, where is it? Where, I, where is that free market capitalism Embedded in his, and it's not, it's totally absent. Everything he wants to do, he wants gov- big government. He wants well, big military. He wants war. He wants to bomb other people. He wants to expropriate money to the military industrial complex. Um, he wants to do it to the banking system. He wants to do everything contrary to the free market. I mean, he's a maybe, free market guy, but he's not doing it now. That's my point. Maybe it just feels that way because. For so long, we've been stifled with the military. Wait, Sally, I asked a question. How many times has he used the, the term free, free market? I think he takes that for granted that, oh, hey, it's the, there. You, your yeah. answer is never, <laughs> never. Just answer no. the question, never. And that's the problem. He can't do anything. Okay. We can't get him back? Well, folks, we can't get our um, 
our guest back for some reason. He didn't hang up on us, did he? Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. Herbie, did you hack him off? I think our board oper- our board operator hacked him off. That's what the problem is. It's all your fault, Herbie. You're fired. Okay. God, all right. We're so sorry. All right, folks. Well, we're gonna end the program now. That was um, Scott Faulkner. And, um, he is a brilliant uh, man. We He's... will have him back soon. Yes. We want to thank you so much for listening in, and let's close out the show. Are you you just unable to get him back? Um, it just says it's offline. We have connection, but it's saying he's offline. So it, it has to it's be technical problem. Yeah. Right. Computers will drive you nuts. Folks, this is the end of today's program. We'd like to thank our sponsors for the financial support. We'd like to thank you for listening in. You can further the cause of liberty by recommending this program to your friends and let us hear from you. Our email address is comments at libertytalkradio.com. Remember, as my wife would say, you're either allowing your liberties to be taken away or you're striving to protect them. Unfortunately, folks, there is no middle ground. Until next time, this is Joe Cristiano. You've been listening to Liberty Talk Radio. Stay well. Stay tuned. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.